given that same spirit of faith, hallelujah, dwells on the, richly on the inside of each and every one of us. Um, Jesus, hallelujah, when we claimed him and, and accepted him and acknowledged him as our Lord and Savior, we have the same spirit of faith on the inside of us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit, hallelujah, is, is living on the inside of us. And, and, and knowing that we have faith, but not just the faith to sit there and look pretty and say, yes, I have faith. Yes, I'm a man and woman of faith, but faith to believe. Faith to believe. So, so no longer be that passive, aggressive Christian. Faith to believe. You know, you don't have to burn, you know, burn it all down all the time, but knowing what God has made available to us, what Jesus bled, died, and rose again for, for our behalf, makes us, should get us in the practice constant every day that we should use the faith to believe. And in Hebrews 11, it's 6, it says, Without faith it is obviously we know it is impossible to, to please God, but for he that cometh to God must believe. Yes. He that comes to God must believe. Yes. So, I mean, some, sometimes, you know, the, the horse doesn't even get out the gate. You know, sometimes, you know, when a Kentucky Derby comes on, you see all the horses spread across there. Sometimes everybody don't make it out the gate. <laughs> you know, they're all ready and they've pranced around and done their thing and their mane is looking nice. I'm like, look at that horse. And the muscles are looking nice and lean. But you know what? Sometimes some of them just don't make it out the gate. So, you know, we've got a lot of passive Christians running around. I am a Christian. They've got a Bible the size of a car and, you know, all these things going on. But sometimes they just don't make it out the gate. You got to get out the gate, y'all. So first, you have to believe. For he that cometh to God must believe and believe that he, he, he is. Yeah. Believe that he is. And I know that that scripture kind of runs together. First, believe, okay? Right. And then believe that he is. Right. Believe that he is. Yes. And again, sounds so like when you say, but when you take the time to break down and, and deconstruct, uh, Elder Dave always talks about the deconstructed chicken and this one and that one and the other things, but to deconstruct. Uh, the, the, the verse right there, believe, and then believe that he is. Yes. And the word, it says very clearly, I am that I am. Yes. You have to believe that he is. Yes. Who is he to you? Have you made him your healer? Right. Have you pronounced him as your savior? Have you declared him as your provider? Do you speak of him as your protector? Do you always look to him as your helper? Believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And they're saying right there, that's Jehovah Gamola, the God of recompense and reward, that he is a rewarder. He rewards you for seeking him out for the provision that he made available for you. Now that's a win-win right there. That's a win-win. That's come and keep on coming. I know what you need. I have the provision. I'm going to show you how to get here. X marks the spot. X marks the spot. Now, you know what? It's not, you know, some of the movies that we watch, you know, it's like it's not the, um, no, what's that, National Treasure something or whatever. Anyway, when they're going here and they're digging under tunnels and all underneath Boston and all these other places looking for whatever is this, this, lost, um, this lost treasure. No, nope, he doesn't have you digging deep, real digging deep. This is it. He said, come to me and keep on coming. Come and keep on coming. Don't stop. Okay. So the scripture is clear. We must believe that he is for a lot of people. We know that. But for a lot of us, you know, everybody's believing for the church. You know, we're believing for the church. Yes. Believing for the members. Believing for the family. Believing for the marriage. Believing for the building. Believing for the money. But the scripture starts there. Must believe. And believe that he is. And that is key. So when we focus on God, who he is, and what he has already provided for us, and we acknowledge it, 
you will see the manifestation of what you've been believing for. I said you will receive the manifestation of what you've been believing for. So my belief, hallelujah, is what or who he is to me and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So I want to go to um, turn to John 6, St. John 6, and it is a very long chapter, very, very long, and we are not going to get through to read all that, but to do some, some background on what's happening and um, just getting prepared, of course, message time, getting prepared for you, like, my Lord, all this is going on in the same scripture. Um, but Jesus is preaching to a multitude of people, and, um, you know, they're out there all day. So you can just imagine, you know, like when we were younger, there used to be the, you know, the Jersey State Fair or the Garden State Fair, whatever. And that place was huge. There's everything everywhere. The parking was in, you know, like South Africa, and then, you know, all the rides and everything we're way up here in the hinterlands. It was just a large place, but you can imagine that God is out there all day long talking to people who are listening to hear the word of God, and they too are out there all day long. And so they've been out there, and there's nothing to eat. So if you can imagine, there's going to be a shortage of something because there aren't even enough vendors to feed all of these people. And so that's a problem. So everybody's hungry. <laughs> and so your attention span starts to wane when you get hungry. You get anxious, you get crabby, you get annoyed, you know, people's blood sugar dropping, all this kind of crazy stuff, and that's going on. So anyway, Jesus is very clear. He said, let's give them something to eat. So Andrew gives him a weird look like, well, what are you talking about, Jesus? We give him something. Y'all ain't got no money. Not like this. So I mean, if you read the description again, it's in John. It talks about it's almost, it's about a year's salary <laughs> that they would need money-wise to feed all of these people on top of a place to purchase said food yeah. to feed all of these people. Wow. So we're in it's just a two-fold deficit right here. Not enough money. Chain enough food, but we got plenty of people. <laughs> Whole bunch of people. That's a problem. But right here, God is trying to get them in it, trying to get them in, in a place. And so, and Jesus is talking to him. And excuse me, it's Philip, and he said, "Look, what are we gonna do?" And the scripture says here is very clear. Jesus already knew what he was gonna do. But in the Passion Translation, it said TPT, I don't know what that was. The Passion Translation, it says that he was trying to stretch his faith. Yeah. Stretch his faith. And I know in many translations it says test. He's not testing them. He's trying to stretch because we've all been given the same spirit of faith. Yeah, right. Same one. So same one he has, same one Philip had. Stretch your faith. Yeah. Okay. So not an increase in his faith. Again, same spirit of faith, just to stretch his faith. So Peter said, look, we got this little kid here. He has his two fish and five loaves. Again, just to give you a little background, quick history. There's a minimum of 5,000 men here. Clearly, they're not alone. They have wives and children and creatures and cattle and all this other kind of carrying on. They're not there by themselves. So there is a minimum greater than 10,000 people out here their wives, screaming kids, and everybody. So everybody's still hungry. So the fish and the loaves is not enough for the 5,000 men or their family. Stretches faith. So this is what Jesus does. Jesus takes it, and I'm paraphrasing because we go really quick. Jesus takes it, he blesses it, and this is my, my, my part of it. He gives thanks. He gives thanks. How many times have we gotten a bill in and we know what our paycheck looks like and we already start scratching? We already start digging. Oh God, 
this ain't enough. Oh, God. Now, you know the bill is due on Friday. You started early Monday morning because you know, so you think, how things are going to turn out. Right? Okay. So, so you started the sojourn early. But this is what Jesus did. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. When you ever have a shortage, and it happens for many of us, when you have a shortage, give thanks. Hallelujah. Give thanks. God will make up the shortage. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. So it says he gives thanks. And here's my other part. He tells them to be seated. To be seated. When you sit down, you are resting. When you sit, you are resting. Very important. And his instructions, after he blessed it, gave thanks for it, said to feed those who are seated, who are resting. So what that means to us is nine times out of ten, when you're all over the place, you can't get it together, you're running from pillar to post, your way has already been made. I know that for sure. Forget nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten. Your way has already been made, but he needs you to focus so that you can rest. So that you can rest. The money you needed has already been supplied. The healing that you thought you didn't have, you were trying to convince God to give you, you've already had. That job that you were looking for, a way has already been made. He moved this one, put this one, did that one, and this one. Your way has already been made. But you understand that portion of provision when you're rested, when you're seated. So as we know, with the story, he blessed it, um, break, and kept going. Kept giving, kept giving, and kept giving. So they all ate until they were full. So again, over 10,000 people have now eaten from the two fish and the five loaves, and now they are full. You know what happens when you get full? You get greasy. You get sleepy. You want to go (laughs) night-night. But they are full. And he told them, the instructions were, go ahead. Let them eat as much as they want. And I can imagine them looking at Jesus like, he has got to be kidding, but okay, Jesus. And they kept going. And I believe that just the mercy, the, the, the spirit of God is multiplying as they're giving, as they're giving, as they're giving, as they're praising, as they see them rested, and they're giving, and more is coming. Every time, every step, every move, so much so that they had 12 baskets full. So I'm not talking about Little Red Riding Hood's basket. I'm talking about the basket that... Um, that the, 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 the apostle was able to hide in, a full-grown man, that kind of basket. So it's probably standing this high, that full, that deep. They had 12 of those full. So this kid came up, paid his tithes with, this, the, with the two fish and the five loaves and left with enough groceries to last him this year and the next. So even though his was sacrificed, God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of that need, and I'm going to take care of your need too. He blessed it. He gave. He praised. It multiplied. Need was met. So everyone ate so much that they wanted so much, and now they're full. Now they're like, you know what, Jesus, you're the man. They wanted to make him their king. He's like, well, everybody take it easy. Time out. So um, Jesus is like, I got to get out of here. There's too much stuff going on. It's a lot of people. I'm not a fan of a lot of people, so I can appreciate that. They were everywhere. So anyway, Jesus, he goes to, to the mountain, and he goes to pray. And he tells the disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side. I'll meet you there. No problem. So the people see Jesus go to the mountains. They see these dudes later later in the evening, around dusk. And they're getting a boat to go to the other side. 
Well, about that time, they came to the middle of the ocean-ish. So they call it like the fourth watch, which is somewhere between four and six-ish in the morning. And it's starting to get ugly out. It's more than ugly out. And their concern was when he said to get in the boat, Jesus, are you sure we're supposed to get in the water? He said, yeah, yeah, it's okay, go on to the other side. They were like, it's windy. He said, no, go anyway. So they got in and they went, and when they went, acting up, boat turning, tossing, ugly, wind, they are fighting like I don't know what, like it was rabbits all day long. And I'm like, where is Jesus? Now he didn't send us out here, where is he? So they're really struggling. And again, it's in the middle of the night, so it's dark. I, other than a cruise ship, have not really been out on the boat when it's dark. And I try not to see out there during that time. So they are out there with no lights or nothing but fighting the wind, the waves, in the dark. So on top of that, because they think they're going to drown, they see somebody walking on the water. Problem. I am about to drown and some ghost is about to come and get me and he's walking on the water. This is a crisis. This is a huge crisis for everybody. What is going on? But the person that they see moving is moving so fast that they are almost walking past them. Again, (laughs) question, who is that? You know, it's Jesus. And so after all these things that are going on, they're like, we're about to drown. And the ghost is coming, but it's Jesus. And he tells them, look, take it easy. Be not afraid understatement of the century times two (laughs) be not afraid okay so I see you walking up on waves I'm about to drown but okay no I'm not afraid but he implores them tells them hey hurry up and get me in the boat hurry up and get me in the boat hurry up and get me in the boat not because he's sinking because he's trying to meet a need as soon as they get him into the boat they're right where they're supposed to be on the other side no storm dried up they're good out of peril Don't let anything hold you back. That's right, Pastor. Don't let anything slow you down. As soon as they let him in. How many times do we have situations that we've exhausted what we think are all our everything? I've gone to this one. I've gone to the credit union. I've gone to mother. I've gone to father. I've gone to cousin. And this one said that they always have money and I don't have this daddy. I've done everything. Jesus, help me. How about started there first? Started there first. Because how quick did he get them out of that situation? As soon, hallelujah, as they acknowledged who he was, need was met. Need was met. How many times are you struggling? Stop struggling and acknowledge who he is. So anyway, so the people started looking for Jesus where they left him, which was on the other side. And they're like, wait a minute. Somebody said Jesus is on the other side. They're like, okay, Jesus, how do you get here? So they asked him a lot of questions. What's up? What's going on? How did you get here? So understand, again, when all this was going on, there were over 20,000 people. They were out there that he fed about, give or take, greater than 10, probably somewhere closer to 20. There were so many people that he had to appoint elders, 70 elders, to get them out there so that they could all sit in pods and sit down and be fed and all this kind of carrying on. Anyway, so they're really looking for Jesus because right about now it's actually feeding time. So they're treating him like a drive through window. Um, So... (laughs) Jesus got after them. He said, you're not looking for me because of the signs, wonders, and miracles that I was doing. That's not at all why you're looking for me. Um, you're looking for me because of the loaves, and you were filled. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just a drive through window for you. What's going on? So he wasn't pleased with that. And in the message translation, John 6, 26, he said, you were filled, and it was free. So it was free food. Yeah. So 
You know, they try to push over. No, God, we want to know how can we work the works of God? What can we do to expect of God? How can we get this food on our own is really what they were asking. And so, you know, Jesus says to believe on me. To believe on me whom was sent to you by the Father. Believe on the one who was sent. They said, well, Jesus, show us the sign. You know, Moses, you know, when Moses did it, you know, Moses had manna, and then we had this, and then, you know, we ate all the time. So still, they're still running back trying to figure out how are we going to get fed? We're hungry. We appreciate what you're telling us, but I'm hungry. So do something miraculous so that we know who you are. So that didn't go over too well. So Jesus is very clear. He said, the food that you're looking for, that's going to perish. He said the food that Moses gave, obviously that parents, they couldn't even keep it. They couldn't store it in Tupperware. It was it. It came from the day they dropped out, they ate, that was it. Anybody try to keep it over, you got food poisoning, you got sick, you weren't supposed to. Leave it, it was there for the day. He said, so you're, you're hunting after the wrong things. I have provision for you every day. I make new mercies. New mercies are afforded and applied to you every single day as long as you take them. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He said, except you eat my flesh and eat my blood, you have no part in me. Party spoiler. And you've got all these people listening, and all of a sudden you just told them, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. I'm going to step back a couple times. <laughs> so Jesus, you're calling me a cannibal. <laughs> they were hard. It was hard. That was hard to hear. It was very hard saying, exactly. They were, they were sad at that saying. It didn't work for them. So, you know, he preached again. He's still straight preaching to them. All of them leave. They didn't want to hear that. So now he went from his 12 plus 70,000 to back to the 12 again. Yeah. Quick. Done. So what was going on? And the disciples were like, Jesus, you just lost all your members. That's a hard saying to understand. Yeah. And he turned around and said, so, are y'all going to? He was very clear. He didn't care. They said, no, Jesus, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. Yeah. This is Rama. Word of Life Fellowship Church. Where are we going? No, you have the words of life. You have the rhema word. You have the spoken word for us. Where are we going? Hallelujah. No, we believe and we are sure. Hallelujah. That thou art the son. Hallelujah. Son of the living God. That's John 6 and 69. No, we believe and we are sure. And I know with us, most times, many of us believe, we call ourselves believers. Many of us believe, but we're not as sure. We know the scriptures. We've seen them. We heard them. We grab them. We do this. We do that. We plaster. We cape them. We say them. We believe, but we're not always sure that God will do what he says he will do. We believe that God is who he is. Hallelujah. We know this. He is. But we aren't as sure as the results will manifest for us like the word says they will. And we, this is what we need to do as believers. We need to get to a place where we believe and we are sure, where we are sure the word of God will manifest that is written and we are sure that God has given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness, that we are sure, hallelujah, that God will do exactly what he said he would do for us in his word. We've got to come to the realization that all things are possible to them that believe. That's Mark 9 and 23. Repeat after me, all things are possible to me because I believe I'm a believer. I believe and I am sure. I am sure. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So Mark 9 speaks about a man who has a son with a demonic spirit on the inside of him. And this man takes his son to the disciples and nothing happens. How many of you prayed a prayer and you're like, what's up? Nothing's happened. I don't see anything has changed. What's going on here? 
And to get a witness, am I know what I'm talking about? Okay, all right. So this man takes his son to the disciples, nothing happens. Have you, you've been there, and you're like, okay, I've done all the things that they said to do. I've done this, I've done that, I came here, I did that, and I know I'm not the only one. But Jesus comes to see what the deal is, because see, now he's coming down again like, okay, I've got myself another crowd. I thought I got rid of these folks. Okay, let's go on. So there's a problem, and the problem is there is this child on the floor, and he is essentially, he, he's, he's having uh, a seizure. And that's a horrible thing to see a child, a human, or anybody else. And he is just bouncing, jumping, foaming at the mouth, does not look good. So the disciples are like, mm, not sure. So the man tells Jesus, he said, look, I brought my son to the disciples, but they could not help him. And they could not cast whatever this is out of my son. Nothing happened. And see, the thing is, this man believed. It wasn't that he wasn't a believer. He believed that they could do it. So he at least brought him there. He had to hear the fame of the land. He had to hear what was going on. He knew that something was happening. What's going on? And here's the thing, the disciples were given power. Matthew 10 and 1, Luke 9 and 1, Jesus gave them power. Power to pass out spirits and devils, to heal the sick, raise the dead, heal the lepers. He, they were given power. So here's the other thing, they too were believing. This is, not old, this is not new for them, this is old hat. They've been laying hands on people for a while. So they're trying to figure out, Jesus, did we do something wrong? It's the same thing with them, because they're like, wait a minute, this is what we normally say and this is how it normally works, what's going on? So everybody's at a part. And more importantly, we need to understand we've been given power and we've been given authority. So you don't have to wait for the pastor, the ministerial staff, or your cousin or your neighbor, somebody to come. You've been given power and you've been given authority to speak over that situation, to speak over your body, to speak into your family, to speak over your job and your bank account. You've been given power and authority to do the exact same thing. You have the power on the inside of you. And still, why isn't anything happening? Okay, we're trying to figure out what's up. So, okay, Lord, how come nothing has happened? Jesus said, bring the boy here to me. And so he asked the father how long he's been like this. He said, Lord, he's been like this a long time. He throws himself on the floor, in the fire, and in the water. And if you can imagine, even throwing himself in the fire, he's got burns, he's got cuts, he's got scrapes all over. So he looks mangled, his skin looks horrible. No parent wants to see their child like that. He said, he's often in the fire and in the water. The devil's trying to destroy his life. You please help me, help me, help me. He said, but Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. Yeah. He said, and save us, help us. Yeah. Jesus said, can you believe anything? Yeah. Can you believe anything? Yeah. He said, God, can you do anything? Jesus, can you do anything? He said, no, but can you believe anything? That's where he wants, can you believe it? If thou canst believe, yeah. all things are possible right. to them who believe. Hallelujah. So this man believed, but by the time he got to the disciples, he wasn't sure. How many of you know we get this scripture on a Sunday? Yep, I heard it. I'm using it. I'm good. By the time we get home, that situation is uglier. That bank account is even more in the red. That fester, that, that, that boil or bunion or whatever the sickness is, has gotten bigger than it was than when you prayed for it last. What has happened since you laid down the word? What happened? Lord, if you can do anything, I'm not sure it can happen. Lord, I'm hoping it can happen. But Lord, help me. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe, but help me not to be moved by what I see. Help me not to be moved by this child writhing on the floor. Lord, help me not to be moved by that bank account. Help me not to be moved by that notice in the mail. Help me not to be moved by what the doctor told me. Help me. Help me. Hallelujah. Help me. Thank you, Lord. So they brought the boy to Jesus. And he said, yes, I will help you. (laughs) 
So now the issue is, Jesus called out and told the spirit to come out of the boy. How many of you know when Jesus calls you out, you're coming out, okay? So when Jesus spoke to him to come out, he came out. But he rent the boy. I mean, he just whipped that. I mean, plucked the kid up like that. And he fell down. Everybody said it looked like the boy was dead. So now everybody's like, whoop, wait a minute, except for Jesus. However, there was a manifestation still. That's right. And so the thing was, the problem was, it looked like that thing was still there in the boy. Yeah. But Jesus knew better. Yeah. Even though he was laying down looking like he was dead, he gave his hand to the child and he raised him up. He gave his hand to the child and raised him up. Have you ever prayed for something and it looked like it wasn't going to do it? It looked like it was dead. Even though you know you put the prayer down, you lay down every scripture, it looked like nothing was going to happen. Nothing was going on with it. There were flies on top of it, so that's about as dead as it's going to get. Have you seen those situations? Okay, all right. <laughs> but Jesus took him by the hand, presented him to his father. And the disciples were amazed. I don't know why this was Jesus. Why would you be amazed? But they were. They were amazed that Jesus was able to cast him out. The disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we do that? And his answer was, because of your unbelief. Now, that makes no sense because they've been laying hands on people all along. They're like, why? We used to do that all along. What's up? There are different types of unbelief, and Pastor Dora has spoken about it, so has Pastor Lynn. But three different types of unbelief. Unbelief from ignorance, you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Unbelief from poor teaching or bad theology. We don't have anything like that going on here at Rainbow Life Fellowship Church. And unbelief, natural unbelief. When it is in your face and looking worse than it ever has, that's natural unbelief. That's what they were hit with. Natural unbelief that the boy was still jumping and writhing on the floor. They're like, hmm. I don't think I got this in the manual, but that's what happened. That's where the unbelief came in. But let me tell you something. God has made everything available to us, given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. So he is here helping us, letting us know, yes, it doesn't matter what you see. I am here, so believe me and be sure so that I can help you walk right past what you're seeing in the natural, because that doesn't matter. The way of all has already been made for you. So. We're into this instance to walk by faith and not by sight. This is where that comes in, that 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Walk by faith and not by sight. Okay? And in Matthew 17 and 20, they were still trying to figure out, Jesus, why didn't this happen? The message translation says, because you don't take God serious enough. Because you don't take God serious enough. When are you going to let it go? Let it go. Take him serious enough. Stop being moved by what you see. You believe, but you're not sure. When you have faith to believe, you see manifestation when you are sure. When you are sure. And I know it's hard to do when you need it now, now, now. You needed it yesterday, like three yesterdays ago. The circumstances look bleak, but it doesn't matter. We got to get out of that place. You believe, but you aren't sure of Jesus. Jesus, how are you going to do it for me this time? Jesus, how are you going to make this happen? Jesus, how, I, I didn't think this was going to happen. Are you sure? They said this, they said that. I got all these answers. Are you sure? Wow. When God gives you faith to believe, he gives you a word. Right. When God gives you faith to believe, he gives you a word. And your believing ought to bring you to a place of surety that you know what you know in your knower. When God gives you the word, hallelujah, the word that you need, the times that I was standing for a card, that and the other, I knew the word of scripture. God said he would cause me to ride on the high places. That was my word. That was my word. When he gives you that word, 
that word should cause your believing, hallelujah, to bring you to a place of surety that you know what you know deep down in your knower. You've got to believe and be sure. And your believing brings you to a place of knowing, of knowing where nobody can shake you. When you know and when you know, here comes manifestation. Glory be to God. Here comes manifestation. When you know in your knower, when no one can shake you off of it, when the natural circumstances and things that you see in front of you are blazing and they're ugly and they're vicious, nothing will be able to shake you. When you know in your knower, God, through his word, causes us to believe beyond what we can see. God, through his word, causes us to believe beyond what we can see. In Matthew 9, Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. Now Jesus gets off the boat, and Jairus, quick up. Hey, Jesus, you know what? My child is sick, but I know if you come and lay your hands on my daughter, I know she will be healed, quick and easy. He already knows. He already said, I know. I know she will be healed. He's saying, I believe and I'm sure she'll be made whole. Got it. So Jesus and the 12 are following Jairus. And of course, if Jesus is there, there's a crowd there, these people again. And then you know how crowds are. So they're like, well, hey, what's going on? Jesus is going to go to Jairus' house and lay hands on his daughter so she be whole. They're like, okay. All right, so let's go. So they had a whole team of people. Everybody's going because you want to see what's going on. Okay. So on the way as the crowd is going, a woman steps out of the doctor's office. She said, hey, what's going on? They said, Jesus and the disciples, they're on their way to Jairus' house to lay hands on his daughter. She says, really? Okay. They said, yeah, because he says he knows that she's going to be made whole. She said, well, you know what? I don't want to interrupt Jesus. So if I can just press through and just touch yeah. the hem of his garment, yeah. I know that I will be made whole. Yeah. I don't need to stop and I just need to touch because I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know and I am sure. I know and I am sure. And this is what happens. <laughs> she goes through and she touches and Jesus turns. And he said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, are you kidding me? We mean who touched you. Everybody's touching you, Jesus. Everybody is touching you. He said, no, but who touched me? I know we're sitting here on today and everybody listening by SoundCloud, but Jesus said, who touched me? Who touched me? Who is believing and who is sure, knowing that when a situation comes that I am here to make it right? Who touched me? Who touched me? Who touched me? When she touched him, it said, she knew immediately. She knew immediately, hallelujah, that she was made whole. That's manifestation. Glory be to God. She knew, hallelujah. She knew. Your, and God's Jesus responds, honey, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. She went on her way. But even in the midst of that, J.R.'s servants came up and said, you know what? Let the master go. Your child is dead. And Jesus had to stop. He says, no. Message translation says, keep believing. Keep believing. Even when it's dead, looks dead, you keep believing. You don't stop. You don't be afraid. You keep believing. I don't care what it looks like. You keep on believing. Do you hear me, church? When it looks ugly, they said no. Doctor says not working. Keep on believing. Don't you stop. This is what I want you to do. The six works of faith. Hallelujah. There are many works of faith, but this is it right here. Constantly renew your mind to the word of God. Romans 12 and 2. Confess the word of God out loud, according to Hebrews 10 and 23. I want you to meditate on the word and think on it, according to Joshua 1 and 8, 1 Timothy 4 and 15. Pray persistently, according to Luke 18 and 1. Hear the word 
to increase your confidence according to Romans 10, 17. And more importantly, believe that God loves us. Do you believe? Hallelujah. Do you believe? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's where we are. Do you believe? And if you believe, are you sure? We need to be in a place that you are sure no matter what it looks like. Now, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was listening to Pastor, Pastor Kenneth Hagin. And I wrote it down. I said, I've got to put this in my notes. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I heard that. And when I wrote it down, it just blessed my spirit. I said, Lord, yes, thank you. And I believe. I believe I received. It said for, it said faith, and this is talking about the woman with the issue of blood. It said her faith received the healing. Her faith received the healing. And faith, that faith made her whole. That faith is your servant <laughs> that you keep out in the field, that's working for you 24-7, that never stops and never quits. So faith had her healing. And that faith, as it was coming, made her whole. I said, wow. I said, it brought it on tour. It brought it on tour. She would not be stopped. Faith is out there like a servant. The whole time, keeping it out there yes. in the field, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of how you feel, regardless of if it's gone uglier than not. It is time for us, church, to believe and to be sure. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 